Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Jay. Hello, Sophie. Well, our voices are so low because it's so early in the morning. We tried to freshen them up by singing to each other this morning and talking, but it sounds like we're still in a garbage bin. (laughs) Yeah, we um, have woken up early to do this intro. Don't worry, the whole episode was not done early in the morning. We're trying to get in while my kids are still asleep. Your kids are on the couch. couch. So, yeah, excuse that. The phlegm will warm up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so we tried to do scales, but it hasn't really helped. Now, how are we this week, Jade? I was actually going to say to you, can you like next week just have a just a tiny bit of a shitter week? So just I to can, balance it out. Yeah, just to balance it out. No, I went away with my beautiful family and a couple of friends and family not meaning not kids. No, 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 not my like husband. It was like my mom, my auntie's cousin and best friend. And um it was really nice to get away, but whenever you are in a really bad headspace, it's actually sometimes the worst thing you can do because you get thrown out of whack more than what you are when you're home. Yeah. And we had a really good time and I was doing really well and then we went out to dinner and then I checked a work email and then all of a sudden my whole body, my whole mind just shut down. Like I just completely shut down, went numb, couldn't speak, had a panic attack. Greta took me home back to the hotel and I just was vomiting I was shaking, I couldn't move, and then I tried to sleep and the whole time I was just having a panic attack after panic attack the entire night. Like I couldn't, I just couldn't get out of that cycle and it was like this is what I'm talking about, this is what I'm terrified. Like anyone that has anxiety and gets a panic attack, that feeling is the most terrifying feeling I'll ever experience in my life and I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy because you just feel like, you can't control it. You've lost the tools. So yeah, then after that, I became really exhausted and I decided just to have a break off everything and really just sit with myself. And look, I'm just riding the wave. Like I'm not, I'm not going to say I've, I'm trying this tool. I'm trying this. I don't even fucking know anymore. I'm just literally sitting in it. And I know that I've done it before. I keep saying that and I'll get out of it, but it's just a fucking weird, horrible, horrible condition or whatever it is to have. And I'm in it. Um, I can't wait to like get out of it and look back on this and then talk about it. But at the moment I'm just surrendering to the, to the feeling. So I just want to say thank you to you because you've, you just took the reins this week. My husband took the reins to, with my children, there was no, Hey, where's this shirt? Nothing. 
He just mm. let me be me and um, everyone that's messaged me from last week's episode intro, I just want to say I hear you. I haven't responded to everyone, but I, I appreciate it and my heart goes out to anyone else that feels crappy. Yeah, that's it. How are you? Well, thank you to you for sharing because obviously from our DMs we have very quickly realised that it is it is an important thing to talk about mm. um, and so many other women, especially mums, are out there, you know, either struggling with the same thing or just on the other side of it or, you know, have been feeling really alone in their feelings and no longer feel quite so alone because they feel like you have literally described. Stop laughing at me, okay, everyone? I'm sitting here with a blanket over my head. She looks like she's in another (laughs) I'm doing this because I don't have a rug yet in my office study room and if I didn't put a rug over my head, a blanket over my head, it would be too echoey, okay? I've taken a photo, I'll post it. Anything to fucking make you laugh right now, Jade, you are welcome. But I was very proud of you. I went to send you a link to something this morning and I got an out of office email reply and I was like, yes, bitch, you set that out of office. Do you know what though? And this is part of it. It's about the pressure that you put on yourself and you realize if you just do one simple thing like that out of office, people then understand that you're not going to respond. So then you don't have to have anxiety about on top of your anxiety about letting people down. Like that was a massive game changer for me. And I just can't believe that I have not done that even when I am away to have a freaking break. Yeah. Good on you. I'm proud Mm. of you. Love I'm going to do that the next time I go away somewhere. You should. Absolutely. I just need to go away somewhere. Yeah, go, go away somewhere. <laughs> anyway, but, yeah, no, my week's been great. Still just gallivanting around my On house. that beautiful in house. Dream cloud. And I'm sorry, I promise I'll be less happy next next week so that, you know, you no, can just No, I don't want you less happy. My auntie was asking about your house She's because we were at the Callal and she's like, what does Sophie's house look like? Like I know she's got these lights just underneath her toilet and what is this, this and this and this? And I'm like, do you want me to take you to Sophie's so you can have a little tour around her house because you seem pretty. You haven't even been here yet, have you? Yeah, I saw it. Well, not while you've moved in because it's only been recent. Still waiting for my invite. No, but um, I have been just before. Remember when you had all the bits and stuff going on? So I can't wait to see it. For all it's worth. All right, moving on. Mm. Now, one thing I will say since moving into the house, everyone on Instagram is constantly concerned with the cleaning of it. If I post a picture of my island bench, everyone's like, how are you going to cook with turmeric on that? If I post a picture of my bathroom, people are like, so much grout, how are you going to clean that? If I post a picture of the concrete, people are like, your kid's going to crack their head open and also, oh, my God, so much dust is going to show. Da, 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 da. And I love anyway. your answer to what, what to this question, actually. What is it? Lucky you don't have to live here? No, <laughs> it wasn't. It was we built this house to, to actually live in it so we don't yes. expect it to be pristine. We actually no. don't mind if that happens and, you know, we have spilt wine all over the table and it's come up okay. Oh, my God. About the third day that we moved in, I spilt an entire half a bottle of red wine all over <laughs> my kitchen. Anyway, so I did appreciate this mum hack that came in. 
Give your toddler a grout brush in the shower. They think it's a super fun game. You get to wash your hair from start to finish and the shower is just that little bit cleaner after you're done. And I can vouch for this. I, back in the day, was doing an ad with co-cleaning products. Yes. And I was showing how good the grout brush is to use around these tiles around the bath in the house we are living in at the time. And Poppy came in and was like, Oh, what are you doing? She de whatevered the entire <laughs> grout around the bath. She loved it because it was so satisfying that it went from like, you know, a bit dark to completely yeah. clean. I am not kidding. She did like half an hour's work <laughs> around that bath. So vouch for it. Do it. They love it. Get a grout brush. Give it to your that toddler. That makes me so happy. And if you don't yep. have a grout brush, get an old toothbrush and just go for it. Oh, that'll just, take even longer. Yeah, that'll no, keep them entertained yeah, yeah, yeah. for even longer. But don't let them use that afterwards because that no. would be gross. No, that would be gross. And I've got a Rudolph Fabulous. It's a personal one, okay? And cool. you're the Macca's queen more than me, so I oh, need yeah. you to help me out here. So back in the day, I was a McChicken fiend. Yes. Loved them. I love them. And I will say nowhere else in the world has the mayo tasted exactly the same as in Australia. It's the best in Australia. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I hadn't had it in a really long time because, you know, body is my temple or some shit. <laughs> and I was hungover the other week flying home from Melbourne at the airport and I thought, I'm at the airport. I don't have my kids with me. I'm hungover. I'm fucking getting Maccas. And yeah, I like girl. I was like, it has been so long between McChickens. So I order this McChicken and the chicken patty is so thin. There's barely any mayo on it and there's barely any lettuce on it. Is this the new McChicken or was I stinged? Are you a McChicken gal? I order a McChicken burger and a cheeseburger every time I don't like fries. That's another rude or fabulous. But, um, That's rude. I know, How can you not like they're fries? Gross. Especially we have this... Macca's soggy, flimsy little flaccid nah, dick fries. They're while, the best. While I was away, everyone was like, why don't you like I'm like, I'm sick of these fries on the table. They're just so, what a waste. Like I'd rather have a huge souvlaki than those fries. Anyway, yeah. I will admit they've gotten smaller. I don't know what the fuck they're thinking because they are fabulous. But do you know the plus side I to this? Got a, I could have got a double patty and it would have been the size of yeah, the old normal. day's patty. But do you know what you can do? And I can't even believe this. I yesterday went through the Macca's drive through on the way home home as my last hurrah and I like my girlfriend who's vegetarian she wanted a cheeseburger without the cheeseburger so she's like can I have a cheeseburger without the meat but then can you add pickles then can you add this this and this she started you can order any extra add-on whatever you want to any burger people were adding Big Mac sauce to their McChicken burgers now if this is the case we're just going to add on can I please have? Yeah, no. So some, so everyone wrote back to my story saying, if you're a McChicken lover, you have to get the McChicken with cheese and on a steamed bun. And so I will report back. You have to ask for a steam bun. It's a different thing. And then my brother said to me last night, actually, we were out for dinner and he said, did you know that you can go to Macca's and ask for chopped up chicken nuggets on top of your McFlurry? He said his mate used to work at Macca's and you can literally (laughs) customise your Macca's order however you want it. Like if it's something there, they'll do it. So I say this week... 
everyone, send in your customised yes. Macca's orders and for <laughs> work I will just have to get Macca's again. Sorry. Yeah. What a shame. Hey, work. maybe we should go and get Macca's this week and we can sit and review it. Yeah, tax deduction. We'll choose the best orders and eat them and try them out. Okay, done. Oh, no, I can hear your child. I know Goldie's woken up. All right, switch Anyway, on. let's crack on quickly. Today's um, episode so- is about <laughs> Lisa. We had the beautiful Lisa Danielle on. She spoke all about motherhood and focused a lot on her recent travel overseas with her almost two-year-old. We know a lot of you are starting to book trips now, uh, now that, you know, international travel is back on in a big way. So we've actually randomly had quite a few people this week messaging in saying, uh, any tips for traveling with kids so here you go here it comes. don't say we don't look after you um and yeah we hope you enjoy it because lisa is just a divine she's a delight. lovely she's human. a delight enjoy hello lisa welcome to beyond the bump and welcome to the potty pod it's so nice to interview someone in real, in life. real life i know it's weird i feel like i'm like listening to your podcast but you're sitting in front of me it's like a live show <laughs> like we're like celebrities yeah. it's a live show with an audience of one <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolute pleasure. Oh <laughs> She's broken the mic. Hang on. Let's do that again. <laughs> no, thank you so much for joining us. We know you've got a busy schedule. You've only just basically got back from overseas. Yeah. So we can't wait to chat all about that. But before we delve into the travel side of thing, we want to get a bit of a picture over of like, you know, how you've found motherhood so far and all of that. So before we get started, can you tell our listeners if any of them don't know who you are, who you are, who's in your family and a bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi, guys. So my name is Lisa and I'm based in Byron Bay and I have just one daughter. Her name is Gigi and she's almost two next month. And oh, I don't like talking about myself. <laughs> no one That's a shame. You're here to talk about yourself. <laughs> and yeah, I do for work. I'm a content creator for Instagram, I guess. And yeah, mum life, photography, used to travel a lot. Not so much for the past two years, but traveling again, which is exciting. And my husband is a photographer and yeah. Now, how did you know when you were ready to have a baby? Were you a bit scared? You know, you said your lifestyle was very much about travel and, you know, a very aspirational lifestyle. Were you worried that having a baby was going to drop a bomb on that? Yeah. I mean, I always knew that I wanted to be a mom. It was like the only thing I've been sure of in my life, you know, like I feel like all my 20s. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, all of that career stuff, but I knew I wanted to be a mum. My mum has five kids, has five wives. Yeah, and so I was like, I just, that thing I knew for sure. But I was just, you know, later, later, later. And then all of a sudden you're 30 and you're like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Running out of time. So I guess it gets to a point where you're like, you know, you could just keep waiting, but also, you know, time time is ticking. So it was pretty much, yeah, when we turned 30, we were in, I was in Europe. And we were like, let's start trying. So we started trying when we're in Europe, which was fun. Romantic. Yes. And, yeah, it was funny. After the first month, I actually was late and I thought I was pregnant already. And I was like, you know, all the symptoms feel the same. You get in your period or you're pregnant. It feels the same. And I was like, oh, my God, definitely pregnant. And I was freaking out. I was like, I'm so nervous. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And then a few days later, I got my period. And I was like, oh. And I was devoted. And then I was like, okay, no, now I know. Like, I'm, I'm That's definitely, definitely ready. what I want. Yeah. I'm ready. And then got back home, kept trying, and there you go. Awesome. And, and then, then so how, <laughs> like, 
Were you pregnant when kind of like COVID hit? Yeah. So when I was pregnant, we kind of, we did a trip to America, Bali, and then we got back from America, I think in like February or March. And then when we were in America, it was like COVID was just starting and we were like, a little bit of it's hand sanitizer, but that's about <laughs> yeah. it. We weren't like, we weren't worried. And then we got home and literally went into lockdown like two weeks later. Yeah. And then so I spent my last maybe like two months kind of, you know, in isolation, being pregnant and had to cancel like the baby moon and the baby shower. Yeah. And, you know, we were just, uh, it was just, yeah, it was quite lonely, I guess, at the end there. And all the birth plans had to change because mm-hmm. I was meant to be going to the Gold Coast oh, to give birth. But the border was closed. Yeah, and then they yeah. closed the border. And I was just like, oh my God, you know, you're just so sensitive at that time. You're yeah. Like, the only things you can control, you want to be able oh, to. the hospital you're birthing yeah. in is quite a big change. And I had a private midwife, so I'd been yeah. seeing her the whole time. And yeah, so all of a sudden I couldn't go to her, which actually in the end worked out well because I wasn't really vibing with her. She was very like natural, you know, that's great. But I kind of wanted the option for pain relief. And yeah. she was very much like, I felt a bit judged by her. Well, really. you want to know that when you're in the throes of it, exactly. if you make a decision yeah. that people around you are going to be supportive Yeah, and I was like, that. I'm open yeah. to it, I want it, and she'd just yeah. be like, mm. And so in the end I couldn't go to her and I ended up going to Lismore and got another amazing midwife and it all, like, worked out amazing. Oh, beautiful. And yeah. where's your support team at this time, like your mum and? All, all in Queensland. Wow. Yeah, so they were, like, just over the border. So I think just as I gave birth, the border opened, but we weren't allowed visitors in the hospital and I ended up having a cesarean so we couldn't have visitors for those four days which you know it was sad but it was okay in the end you know you're just recovering and we got home and they were all there which was fun so how was your pregnancy it was good yeah it was it was good like the first trimester I was really sick just you know the nauseous nausea like which every day is worse oh and I only spewed once and I was just, and just for that five minutes after you're like oh feel I feel great. good again yeah. and then it would come again I feel like so many women downplay nausea but and like oh. look like we both had hyperemesis and I'm not yes. saying that I would rather have hyperemesis than nausea I'm not going that yeah. far but I do think that it gets like just and played down yeah. too much it's so because it's like similar. at least the vomiting is some relief like yes. I remember when I was so sick with Poppy and people would go oh I was really tired in my first trimester and I was like oh my god you poor thing you were tired <laughs> and then with Goldie I got the tiredness right. and I was like I get it yeah like it is like you're moving through sludge all day like, oh. I was like the world is so thick <laughs> but it's also when you feel nauseated that you can't do anything about it you feel horrendous and you just feel all day. like so I remember meeting people for the first time and I was like I swear I'm usually <laughs> way more fun and I would just be like just you're just not yourself you no. know and I was really I remember being really busy between like week six to week like 10 and I had my spell collaboration coming out so it was like really exciting we had these events and photo shoots and blah blah, blah. and I was sick but I was pushing through and then as soon as that all came out at week 10 and it all just like that's when it really hit me and that's when I kind of stopped and was like, oh, I feel really sick. And so from week 10 to 12, I remember, was the worst. And then I was like, yes, week 12, it's going to finish. And then it kept going. And I was like, what? But by week 14, it was good. Second trimester was amazing. And, yeah, the rest was good. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty crazy. And then tell us, was it a planned cesarean or is that something? So what happened there? Um, It was a bit of a last minute. I was like 40 weeks 
And I guess I didn't have a plan, but you know, when you still think everything will go well, you know? And so I wanted to have a natural birth, but I was pretty pro epidural because I'm such a wuss when it comes to pain. So I was like, yes to the drugs, not against it, you know, but towards the end, I was getting really nervous, like super nervous about the birth. And I didn't do any like hypnobirthing or anything like that. But then, you know, a few weeks before I was like, I need to do something because I'm really nervous. I couldn't sleep, like freaking out. But everything was obviously cancelled at that point because of COVID. Mm. So there was no classes or anything I could do. So I found an app that was just like a hypnobirthing app and you would just basically fall asleep to it and meditate and they'd like do subliminal messages into your mind. Sounds like heaven. Yeah. And then so I was doing that and doing all the things. And I had the, um, you know, the epino, the the blow up thing that you try and stretch. Yeah. So I was doing that and I was having like, baths every night and like doing all the extravagant you know things and massage and all of that oil yeah and then like a week before I was due I just started getting like a bit irritated down there I was just because I'd just been doing so much and then my midwife did um some blood tests and some swab tests and blah 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 and then I went in and it was 40 I think I was exactly 40 weeks anyway she we go in and everything's all good and then the big doctor comes in and she's like I've got some really bad news but basically we've picked up an infection in your blood and we don't know what it is. In your bloodstream. Yeah, and she was like, because of COVID, all the testing clinics are delayed because they're focusing on that. And she was like, if we had more time, we could find out exactly what it is, but actually we're out of time and so we want you to have a cesarean because it could be nothing or it could be something really serious. And they were like, like, we've never had this happen, like, that they had seen anyway and they were like we're so sorry but we just can't risk it so in the end they were just like it's the safest way is just to not have her come out that way exactly just in case yeah and how did you feel about that I was devastated I just did not see it coming I was just like my mom had five natural births like what do you mean and then so yeah we were devoted and then but it was funny then we left the and she was like so you're scheduled in tomorrow 1 p.m or something like that so we left and I was crying and I was like I can't believe this and then I called my mom I was like I'm gonna call my mom did you feel fine like other than the fact that you're 40 weeks pregnant by this point I felt fine like no nothing irritated like I felt completely good and I was like but I feel fine and they were like it's just really unfortunate that like you are due right now and if you go into labor at any minute it's just not worth the risk and I was just like yeah so anyway I called mom and I was like mom I have to have a cesarean and she was like oh my god like we're having a baby tomorrow and I was just like okay and then she was really excited and then I called like my dad my sister Jamie's mom and they were all just so excited like no one gave a fuck that I was about to have like major (laughs) surgery they were just like tomorrow there's gonna be a baby and I was like okay all right and I was fine after that and then I was like well at least you know I don't have to deal with childbirth that way you know and so we went home and we made like a playlist to take into the theater because it's probably the only thing you really can do and we had a bath and we had dinner and we had yeah a beautiful night and then the next morning I woke up at four and it was like pitch black you know it's winter and it was pouring rain and I remember like laying there being like this is so nice and then I had a contraction or like an early early like early labor contraction and I was like oh my god and then after a few hours it was kind of like just period pain but it was like happening like every few minutes and I was like oh my god and I called my midwife and she was like all right just come in early just in case so I went in early got all hooked up and I ended up going in early and by the time I got in it was I actually thought it was quite painful and she was like yeah you haven't started dilating yet and I was like what the fuck 
Get me in there. <laughs> yeah, get me in there. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I was like, numb it. Do you um, have to fast beforehand I, if it's scheduled? I don't remember fasting, but yeah. then I don't remember. I think I could, no, I think I could eat like as soon as I woke up. Yeah. I remember eating something early and then not eating yeah. again. Don't they just I put feel your like stomach on the table? Like your is that, stomach on yeah, the table. No, you're all say, on the table. Yeah, but some people say they like they open it up like your where they do the C-section cut and then the stomach this is how someone said it it's not the stomach it's your uterus because this is what they're I, not cutting into your stomach I know and I just want to like they say you'd pull the stomach out move it to <laughs> all the, the bits. and I just want to <laughs> redeem myself without sounding super silly right now because I said the baby is sitting on top of all your bits and it's in the them. uterus yeah. yeah so the first thing when they cut open they will see is the, the uterus sack. Correct. Yeah. But how funny just having a visual that they're just taking out organs and just popping them no. on the side to get <laughs> Anyone to who get has a cesarean baby. coming up, you're not going to have random <laughs> bowel just and on the table next to you. This is important conversation because some people have no idea. I mean, you weren't set up to know. I mean, not that you're thinking <laughs> your organs are all going to be out on the table, but you're still sitting there thinking, I didn't plan for it. I have no idea what to expect yeah. when I'm all of a sudden being told I'm having a C-section. Yeah, so totally. your head... Yeah, you Process don't. Has I didn't research it before. The only thing I did do is the night before is I found a hypnobirthing um, one that was for cesareans. Oh, and I remember putting it in, falling asleep, and then the next day went in and I was like really nervous about the needle, like you know, at the start. Anyway, that was actually like the spinal. Yeah, the yeah. spinal, and that was actually fine. I was really scared, and I was holding onto my midwife, just crying. <laughs> Jamie's outside, and they're like, "We won't forget about you," and he's like waiting outside in the hallway. And it actually was fine. It actually wasn't that painful, which, and I'm a wuss. Went in and then you're all numb and then they let him back in. And yeah, it's such a like sterile environment, but our tunes were bang on. Like literally there's a public playlist. If anyone wants it. And you wouldn't have been able to move, would you? So you weren't, you were, have you guys had a cesarean? No. Oh man, it's so weird. It's like, you're, oh, the next funny, well, it wasn't funny at the time, but you know, they put the cannula in this arm. Anyway, so I'm laying like this. And then I like look over and I have this huge lump on my wrist and it was like tissueing. And I'm like, excuse me, is that, <laughs> is that meant to be doing that? And the guy's like, oh God. And so he like takes it out because it's obviously like going into the muscle. And then he's like, I'm going to have to do the other side. So the next minute I'm like this, like Jesus. <laughs> Two arms out. And I'm like laying there. And then, yeah, when they're doing it, like someone said to me, it feels like they're rummaging through a handbag because but in your you, stomach. Can, you can feel pressure yeah. but you can't oh. feel pain yes. so some people feel like tugging or yeah. whatever but you can't feel pain so some people find it makes them feel so sick because if you think yeah about yeah. someone rummaging inside you and that's like, literally what it feels like I remember laying there and it feels really rough so I'm like laying there and I'm like <laughs> on the table and Jamie's like can't see over the sheet he's like what are they doing and I'm like oh <laughs> And another warning a lot of people say is they're like, I, like you know, some people are about like, you know, reaching over the, the sheet and yeah. pulling their baby out and some people are like, I don't want to see a thing. But apparently a warning for people going in for a cesarean is that a lot of the lights and stuff are reflective. So a few of my friends oh. who have had cesareans, they're like, I ended up just having to close my fucking eyes oh, because see. everywhere I looked was like basically <laughs> mirrors reflecting back into my like open body no my our like student midwife took photos for us but she didn't like quite like tuck like press the focus button so they're quite blown out so you can't even really like see. in a good way not like well, artistic it, well it was Jamie impressed I, I feel like no and I feel like <laughs> I didn't truly get to see what, how gory it was like I kind of could see a bit but 
it was fine. But yeah, anyway, and then next second we just hear this like like cry and they just hold her up. They they didn't even warn us. And I was just like, oh, and me and Jamie were both like what is that (laughs) yeah like I've talked to a few people that have experienced that and they hold the baby up and your first thought is just like what is that yeah (laughs) because usually when you look at like on the movies and you haven't had a baby before and you haven't watched what is it um one born every minute you expect the baby to be clean and tidy and hand you and they look about six months old yeah I'm gonna say they're all like in the movies all newborns are basically walking they're like massive they're not they've got blood most of them are really hairy they've got white shit all over them and so slimy yeah and it is just so you go here and it is that meme that has gone round where they hand you this really strange looking thing and you're alien, like little oh, alien thanks. thank you see I felt the opposite when I had Poppy I I was literally like oh my gosh we've done it we're one of the only people that have like birthed a baby <laughs> no that is cute from the start like I was like every other baby has an alien stage but we've just birthed this baby that is like so cute from the start oh my gosh, I look back now and I'm like, bitch, you were literally high. Like (laughs) she was scrawny as I'll actually post on our Instagram this picture that I found the other day. Nick is like holding her basically in like the palm of his hand and on his forearm and she's just like all limbs like over his arm. This was when she was like maybe a few weeks old and she is so (laughs) scrawny and weird looking and I remember just thinking she was the I mean, I posted that picture on my Instagram. I clearly thought she looked cute. I definitely thought the same like they are perfection I created this like but they are little aliens but they're still cute they're cute in real life like they're well, maybe not yours. photogenic yet but they're like they, we'll get there it's all the noises and the smiles and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the cesarean was better than what you expected yeah it was fine like the recovery I was pretty rough like yeah. but again I don't know if I'm just a bit of a softie but it was painful and I kind of knew what to expect because I'd had my appendix out which doesn't really compare but I remember that I would love hurting a lot after can, can you talk and explain the difference because I have said on the podcast before I've had my appendix out yeah and for me, that was horrific. Right? <gasps> I've had my opinion. There's something that about hurt that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that if that hurt, I can't imagine. But did you have your appendix via laparoscopy? Yeah. Or so did, I've got like just the three keyholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, they it was bursting. So they're they're the worst scars. It looks like I've had a piercing in all different areas <laughs> yeah, of my body, yeah. and it looks real rough. But I think that was horrific. So yeah. I've always been like frightened, thinking. A C-section is quite scary, but then I've seen women that, like, even Greta, she's walking around, she's up and about. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. So what's just, the difference? I mean, it's besides because the I've whole spoken, procedure. Yeah, I've spoken to some people that they have had their appendix out and they thought it was totally fine, and I was That's like, bullshit. it freaking hurt. And I remember waking up from my sur- that surgery and feeling like I could feel everything. everything, and it was like my stomach was like all cut and open, and I remember up. just being like what do you mean? Like I need pain relief. And they were like, they gave me like three bits of morphine and they're like, we can't give you any more. And I was like, I thought I was going to die. And I think I thought that's why I got really nervous when they said I was going to have a cesarean, but actually you're kind of numb and then it wears off. So it was actually better in that way. I actually feel like for me, it was pretty similar. Like cesarean, definitely a bit longer to recover. Like I remember I was in pain till like maybe day 10 and that's when I could kind of start, you know, moving around a bit more. Sitting up and 
Yeah. What did you find ways that people could be helpful in your C-section recovery that like, you know, maybe you wouldn't have known before? I guess actually that was the hardest part was you can't recover. So that's how it's harder because you're getting up and like feeding this baby and not sleeping. You're like, what do you mean? I just had major surgery and I can't rest and recover. Like that is the hardest part for sure. Pain wise, maybe similar, but maybe that just depends on each person. But yeah, I guess just honestly just being cooked for and like Jamie was so helpful like he'd always get up and get Gigi and bring her to me like throughout the night and he did that for like a couple of months actually you're like (laughs) so much so bad and so after a few months I was like you know what there's no point in both of us being tired you just sleep because yeah you'll bring me coffee in the morning and that's fine and so he was so helpful but yeah, I guess just food, honestly, food for me. I was just like, if anyone can just like bring food, coffee, it's just those little things that help. Yeah. yeah. The things yeah. that you don't want to have to get up and yeah. think, oh, I have to do this because I need to eat and then I need to eat because she needs to eat. Yeah. So if yeah. someone can just have all that ready yeah, for me. exactly. Yeah. And is like the scar what you expected? Like is it something that you like are really proud of now or self-conscious of I'm not self-conscious of it at all I think that like she didn't do the best job it's a little bit wonky (laughs) and it was kind of like I don't know if they're all like this but like it kind of was like tight in and like puffy around it for a really long time it still kind of is and it's not that straight but I don't really care you can't really see it it's not until I look in the mirror naked which isn't that often and I'm like oh but it's fine and it's fine. And I, I didn't use any oils or yeah. anything like that. I just let it heal. I think a lot of people think it's going to be a lot higher than it is. Like yes. they think that if they yeah. go out in bathers. And look, you do you. You wear a skimpy bathers I as have you want. I one but, like this and uh, it's poked out the sides. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> well, good on you. Yeah. I haven't worn a skimpy bather like that in a very long time. So I think if I had one, mine you would could, be hidden. Could. But good on you. <laughs> How did you find the postpartum experience? Was it what you expected I definitely harder I think it's definitely like nothing can prepare you you know it's like such a life change and such a shock like yeah no one can tell you how hard it is and when they do try and tell you like shut up like I'm yeah. I want to I want to yeah. I want to think positive and I don't want to be too scared because what's the point you know yeah like, you want to be somewhat We're doing pre- this now <laughs> yeah you're like you want to be somewhat prepared but I found the hardest part just the relentlessness so it's not even like being a mum isn't that hard you know feeding them taking care of them it's just like when it just doesn't stop and you don't get a break that's what I find the hardest like and the lack of sleep was just like wow torture because you have I think before you had Gigi you had one niece is that right yeah yeah and so how did like being an aunt like did you think that you were like oh I've spent so much time with my niece <laughs> I know what I'm getting myself in for and then you were like wait this is yes. nothing like yeah, being an like, auntie I never had her like overnight or had her yeah it's yeah being an auntie is like a dream you have them and you give them back yeah and you go home and you have a full night's sleep but yeah it was definitely like a lot harder but then at the same time like I didn't expect it to feel so natural like just so intrinsically you know you just you know what to do and you have those instincts and of course you question yourself and I'd be up all night googling everything (laughs) everything but you just you do just know what to do and you just love them so much that you're like I'll do anything for you because you're so cute and that's part of motherhood like the whole in the middle of the night googling and (laughs) am I doing this right that is you making your own mother motherhood journey yourself like all those little things that you're taking you're like that I actually agree with that I don't and then that's it and And it takes you a while to realize that like at the start you're like okay listening to everything and after a while you're like I'm not listening anymore yeah or like that didn't actually work for me but that and that's when you really realize that all kids are just so different and like I'm sure I have that a lot more to learn if we hopefully have more kids yeah 
yeah, like I've had friends be like, do the dream feed. I promise it'll work. And it was just the worst. No. Yeah. And so many little things and like dr- that. Look, dream feeding helped with Poppy yeah. and then did the opposite with Goldie. Yeah. So it's like even we went into like the second time being like, like, when she gets to this age, like let's do a dream feed. And yeah. then, yeah, even child to child within the same family yeah. is so different. It's did crazy. you find having such a large following on Instagram that like I feel like everyone has enough opinions from just like the people around them. But mm-hmm. then on top of that, like you're sharing your life with so many thousands of people. Like yeah. were your followers like nosy with that or were they generally pretty I good? I feel like they're generally pretty good and I don't think I like, I do share like quite a bit but yeah, not don't a allow. lot. No. And ma- mainly it's not that even that I'm that private. It's more that like I probably couldn't handle the trolls and the negative people yeah. because yeah. I just, I hate confrontation. And so I, you know, I'll share as much as like I feel comfortable with that, you know, so, but I'll try and, you know, share tips and things like that but I just find it hard not to share a bit because I'm like it's your whole life and you're with this little person all the time like if I'm not taking photos of us like what what else am I doing that's what I do with all my time so it doesn't feel authentic to like hide her all the time and you know if she gets to an age where she's like I don't want to be in a photo of course I'll respect that but for now I'm like come on Um, yeah (laughs) because someone actually did ask like did you toy with the idea of not sharing Gigi's face or anything on Instagram I never did I always knew that like I was comfortable with it and yeah she's just such a big part of my life that we just do everything together so it'd be hard not to but it was such a weird like identity you know, when I had her and I was like looking back at my Instagram with all these photos of me and I was like, who do I think I am? I'm so like self-absorbed, like, you know, everyone taking nah. photos of themselves and you just like go into this weird bubble and then eventually, you know, it's get funny. back to that. But even I, when I started dating my husband, who was my boyfriend, we had the most ridiculous MySpace selfies of just <laughs> each other and just like, I don't know, I look back now and I'm like, wow, that was a time of our life, which is really cute. But I look now about the depth that we have with a lot of other things and, you know, obviously you bring things that are important to you in your life and they will come out on Instagram. Exactly. However, I think that with you, um, you've got a beautiful knack of sharing and balancing I mean, we're all somewhat influencers and for you, yours is more of the the beauty and the fashion and, like, I follow you purely because I just adore every photo that you put. But I don't think you've ever claimed that it's like I'm showing every angle of motherhood or, like, you know. Which I like that about you because you have kept your true self but you've incorporated your new life as a mother, but in a subtle way where it hasn't overtaken who you are. So it's just been a really nice space to Finding that balance. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm posting her too much or not enough or (laughs) nah. I feel like, you know, I have had questions in Q&As that are like, you know, you don't show, like, do you struggle or do you, you don't show the bad parts, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is obviously Instagram is a highlight reel and people should know that. And if she's sitting there screaming, like, of course I have all the same struggles that, you know, all mums have. But in those moments, you're like, oh, I'm going to film you. You're like, you're trying to like, you know, mediate the situation or try and make them happy. And yeah, in those moments, I'm just not inspired to even pull my phone out. That's just not like what it's for, you know. But then if something's nice and the light is shining, I'm like, ah, it's just a natural. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think that your page has ever claimed to be yeah. like, the ins and outs, nitty gritty. Like you, you curate an aspirational, mm. beautiful page. And I think that that is just as worthwhile and 
like and can be just as fulfilling to follow as maybe someone who's showing themselves in their adult diaper with their vomit <laughs> on so the you, totally. you. Oh, I wasn't <laughs> Because I I think that like I try and maybe curate mine sometimes but how too, good? but it's like it's like all are important. And I think sometimes people are like, oh, yeah. well, that's not realistic. But it's like you're not necessarily trying to show you real motherhood is? in all its facets. Exactly, and, and that's, that's a compliment, that not that. an effect. Yeah, but this is you. this is about being authentic. And if you aren't following or trying to be someone else, you are literally just doing what your heart and yes. what you feel is right and what suits you. Yeah, you will go so much further than just trying to aspire to be someone yes. else. And I think having every single different <clears throat> person highlighting life yeah. in different ways yeah. is so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and there's inspiration in all of, you know, the the beautiful and the not beautiful, you know what I mean? Yeah. So finding all those people to follow and I love following people that are totally real and showing all of that. That's just not me. Yeah, <laughs> but a few people did ask, are you as put together as you appear on social media? I mean, kind of, Yes. I guess like there's definitely days where I'm like at home in pajamas, no makeup, but they're kind of the days that I'm not on my phone. But in general, like I do love to just feel nice and I feel a lot more confident when I have makeup on. I just, I love makeup and I'm not ashamed to say it and I'm dressed well. And yeah, that's kind of when I feel my best. So yes, most of the time. Yeah. And you have a right, you have a right (laughs) to be interested in fashion and want to look nice and feel good. And And some people can just roll out of bed and just look amazing. But I'm like, oh, I just, I feel better with a little bit of makeup. You're like, this takes work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't make up like that. So, and Jamie's always like, who cares? Like you can go into the shops and I'm like, and Byron's just so small, you know, everyone. And I'm just like, I'll wait in the car. (laughs) So vain. Um, Did breastfeeding come easy to you? No. So that was probably like our main, biggest struggle it was so hard did not see that coming I just thought it would be fine it was not something I'd researched it was we just had like major latching issues and it took us two months for it to stop hurting for it to stop like bleeding and oh it was just I remember just sitting there just like crying like that's definitely something I didn't share but I just wasn't I was just you're in this other world at that stage anyway your cracked bleeding nipple maybe (laughs) didn't fit in with your rest of your feed I don't know why I'm so surprised (laughs) maybe if you put it in black and white so yeah that was like major trouble for us so we had to go to like the family health nurse which they're amazing like I can't believe you can just go to them and they're free and beautiful they're just resources in Australia amazing I didn't even know that existed before this and obviously like midwives and so we needed a lot of help with that but she was just like so tiny like they have these tiny little mouths and you've got these big boobs and you're like it's just not nah you know and it's not compatible she, no and then as she got bigger it got easier and we finally got it. So, but it was, it was really, really painful and we're actually still breastfeeding now. And I think I only wanted to do it till she was one. That was my goal. And then she turned one and I was like a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And there's just always something, you know, we're going on a trip or she's sick again and blah, blah, blah. I think cause it was so hard for us to like get in the hang of it. It's been harder to stop. So I was like, I'll do it till after Europe. And now that she's nearly two, I really want to stop till she's two. But now that she's older, she's like, Mummy, more booby now, please. And I'm like, if you can say it, you can have your shirt. (laughs) So she's definitely at the age where I'm like, oh, you're too old. And, you know, when we're in public, I'm a little bit like, but, you know, they do recommend till two now. That's the, like, you know, recommendation. But 
yeah, I, we definitely need some help weaning. So any tips, welcome. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you some a real hot advice. I decided to stop. Wasabi? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you can. And duct tape and a whole lot. Oh, my God. I feel like the wasabi would do more damage to That's you right. than it I, would to me. No, yeah. no. No, I had, I made this really bright idea that we were going to travel to Europe with our two kids. Yumi wasn't around then. Mm. And Mia was about two and... And Billy would have been 16 months less. So Sophie, work it out. <laughs> oh. Anyway, we're all there. Six-ish months. <laughs> yeah. Six-ish. No, no, I don't think that's right. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. No, actually, she was around 11, month, 11 months old. Okay. And I said to myself, does that work out? <laughs> no. Okay, okay, whatever. Basically, Jade had two kids ridiculously close together yeah. and they were young and yes. they were going to Europe and she's dead mad. Yeah, I'm <laughs> fucking dead mad. Okay, and so I decided I'd stop breastfeeding because we were going to Europe and I thought, oh, no, 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 it'll be easier, you know, I won't have to because it, it's it's going to be really cold in Paris, I'm going to have to layer up, it's just not going to work. So let's do it now. So I weaned her and I felt like an absolute champion like I always do before I go on holiday. I'm like, I'm packed, I've done this, the checklist I'm is ready. Done. And then every holiday brings you back down. Oh, my God. And so then not only did I leave my suitcase in Australia and head off to I love to your travel stories. They're, they're one of a kind. Oh, but I had her... I can't even tell you. It was a absolute nightmare. If I had a breastfed <gasps> on that plane, it would have changed the whole entire trip 100%. and made it easier. Yeah. So how was it? We we know that you've recently travelled to Europe with Gigi. Yes. And I think you are probably, I'm just going to say it, you're one of my followers that have been the first post-COVID to travel out of Australia and I was just so in awe. I think we trying to brag that Lisa follows you or that you follow me. Do you know who who does follow me? Who? Jessica Alba and Miranda Kerr and guess what? Do they ever engage? I don't follow them back. So it says, (laughs) oh, that's such a flex. Do you reckon that's so rude of me? Well, no, no, not unless you want to follow them, then that's that. No, you would, just want I, to be able to say, How cool am I though? <laughs> yeah, you're so cool. Did I tell you how cool I am? Yeah, did you guys know? Anyway, um, back on track. So, how was it? How was packing your bags? Were you terrified? What was going through your head before? And you why got did that you pick flight? Europe and not like Fiji? Well, okay, that's funny you say that because we were meant to go to Fiji before. So, originally, we booked to go to Europe over Christmas, like just after Christmas, because we just couldn't wait. The borders were open and we were like, let's go. We were actually just going to Morocco and I think Barcelona and we're going to do a shoot in Barcelona. (laughs) Anyway, so we booked it, but then that's when Omricon came out and Morocco closed its borders and we were just like, shit. So we cancelled our flights and just had credit. And then we were like, okay, let's just go to Fiji. But, yeah, when we were trying to book it, it was quite last minute and everything was nearly booked out. And the only nice things you can't have children at it's mm. so, like, have you been there before? It's No, but we're thinking of maybe going in June, July. I should probably get on to that. Yeah, should probably yes. get Goldie a passport. <laughs> yeah, so um, that was the other thing is Gigi, we put her um, passport in in like November or December and we were like, should we do rush rates? And they were like, no, it'll come back really quick. It took four months. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because yeah. don't tell me that. Yeah, yeah. so no, so do, do rush. the rush rates because it will come back in like a week. So, yeah, and, and I, I think just... like Nick's, I think Nick's passport's expired. Mine yeah. probably has too. Like, so. That's gonna be an expensive trip. But we're like, let's just not go to Fiji. Let's just let's just go to Europe again now because we're gonna go in summer, but we just couldn't wait. We're like, let's just go. So we used our travel credit and 
actually it was just before the floods and Jamie was like, let's go to Paris as well and let's go next week. And I was like, <laughs> okay. He just woke up what he always like, he gets up really early. And every time by the time I wake up, he's got all these ideas and he's got lists. He's like, we're doing this, we're doing this. And I thought about this and I'm like, he's a morning person, I'm a night person. Yeah. And but that's great. Everything's done. So at night you yeah. can just relax because yeah. in the morning he's got everything done. That's right. He's in the done. kitchen yeah. and he's made breakfast, he's made coffee. So anyway, I woke up and I was like, sure, yeah, let's do it. So he called the travel agent, booked it all in. And that was literally, I think, on the Saturday. And that's when the big floods happened on the Monday. Anyway, this all happened and we were like, oh, my God, we're literally flying out next week. But the whole, you know, yeah, the whole region is like under. Yeah. So we just, we could, it was so hard for us to change our flights again. And we're like, it's going to be a long-term thing. So let's like help as much as we can this week, go away, and then we can keep helping when we come back. So, yeah, that next week I was just like felt so bad. I was like going to Paris but I also was like I didn't want to get my hopes up I was like something's gonna happen like we'll get COVID or they'll close their borders or there's just so many things like like the past two years have showed us and so I really wasn't that excited because I was I just didn't want to get my hopes up while you were in Paris I was out in a kayak just trying to get out of my driveway (laughs) I was thinking that when I was driving up I was like did you get so flooded in and I was scrolling and honestly when you see someone that you're usually in Byron floating around but when you see a photo and you're in it just feels so surreal to see people traveling again and to see that it was kind of like we just got so excited yeah because I was actually I was feeling really guilty and I was expecting a lot of people to be like fuck you I'm so jealous you took took people away from me yeah everyone was like I'm sure some people thought that but I actually had a lot of positive messages being like this is just like the little escape I need inspiration for us to book trips later in the year and like I just it was just and I think it's like even though things are open it's almost like we're so out of practice yeah, and it feels like that it still... seems so hard. Like yes. it's almost like I haven't realised that, no. oh, you can go overseas. Yeah, no. like, I think it's like, you know, the passport's being expired, Goldie yeah. not having a passport yet. Oh, what if one of us do get COVID and we have yeah. to change it? It like almost feels too hard to do yeah. that you need to see other people doing it to go, no, 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 you really like, can. it can happen. Yeah. And people have been going to Bali again. I'm like, we actually can go and like. Yeah, when it's closed, you want to go so bad, and then it opens, and you're like, "But do I want to? Yeah, yeah. can we? I've got yeah. options." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was trying not to get my hopes up, and we were telling a few people we're going away, and like, "Oh, we're we going we're like Paris," and I was just like, "What?" And then, anyway, got all packed, got to the airport, and like every country has different rules. You know, we had to get a test to go into. Morocco and into Australia, but not into France and not into Spain. So they're all they're all different. All different. So we only had to get two COVID tests the whole time. And oh, does wow. that just happen when you get to the airport? Jo- yeah, either the airport where you're about to go, or yeah. you can do it like we did one in Paris before, like not at the airport. Okay, we did one there, and then you just take that to. Your Is it easy to find the information? Yeah, it's just all on the like yeah. the main travel websites. Yeah. yeah, but I left that to Jamie. So, yeah, you know, maybe good. Um, we did that or in our travel. <laughs> that's why we went through a travel agent this time, which we had never done. But we were like, because there are so many like new restrictions we want them to be all over it so that was really helpful so how long was the flight so it it was funny because when before we got on the flight you know you're so worried about COVID and blah 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 and then we get to the customs bit in Australia and he was like you've got to rip in your passport to Jamie and I was just like it's I've just got this new theory that like it's not always the things you're worried about and the nah. things that are gonna happen, it's something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like you're so worried about COVID, you're so worried about this, 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 but then like so many other things happen on our trip that I was like, I wasn't even worried about that. So it's almost like there's no point in being worried because 
it's all out of your control. Shit's going to happen. Shit's going to happen. Just is. like, yeah. don't even worry about yeah. it. So anyway, he's like, there's a tear in your passport to Jamie, like in his main photo page. And he's like, you have to come to the side. And I was like, I knew it. I knew we weren't going. And we were sitting at this bench and I was just like, I knew it was too good to be true. Like it's been two, two and a half years. And anyway, he went and we sat there for ages and I was like, this is terrible and then anyway he came back and he was like you can go but there's a chance that like countries might not let you in and we're like so do we fly all the way to Paris as a toddler and potentially not get let in and I was like oh this is so stressful so they gave us a letter saying that they'd like acknowledged it but that didn't but it didn't necessarily the letter also said you need to get a new passport so he's like you can go but we can't help what's going to happen on the other side could he order one to overseas or I no don't go. think so yeah, okay. or like we wouldn't have enough time by this point we were like checked in yeah like you're ready luggage is in and blah 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 oh my god so the whole flight you're like <laughs> yeah. we could literally get yeah. there and get turned around yeah, so like 24 hours of travel and oh actually it ended up being like 36 because we had to fly from Gold Coast to Sydney and we had like a eight hour layover <laughs> from Sydney to there so by the time we even like got to Sydney anyway and then the first flight was amazing. It was empty, like pretty much empty. We had a row each and I was like, this is a dream. It was a 14 hour, sl- 14 hour, 14 hour flight and Gigi slept 10 hours. Oh my and cause goodness. I was breastfeeding, we were like, See? we like had a row and we were like spooning together and I like had her on the boob and we just like turn and turn and it was like the best. Holy I was like, thank God I'm shit. still feeding. The next flight, not so good, <laughs> completely full. Where from? And that's, um, so this was Abu Dhabi to Paris. Yeah. Anyway, the travel agent was like, you, I was like, should we book her a seat? We're happy to pay. It's just so far. Like, I was just so scared. We'd never done it before. So, and she was like, no, the flights are so empty. You'll be fine. Like, there'll be a seat for her. So we get on this next flight. We pop her in the middle. We're on either side. Get all ready. And we're like, la, la, la. And then we're noticing the plane is just like starting to really fill up. And we're like, this looks really full. And then this lady comes up. She's like, oh, I'm sitting there and we just could not hide the shock from our face. We just looked at her in like utter disbelief and she was like, sorry. And we were just like, you're like, oh. no, you're allowed your seat. It's yeah. just- I was just like, so I put Gigi on my lap and I was like, oh my God, eight hours of her on my lap like this. And it was a day flight. So no sleeping, yeah. you know? And I was like, this is going to be torture. And the lady was like, I'm sorry, like I'll try and find another seat, but it was completely full. And we were like travel agent. And Anyway, it actually ended up being fine. We had like, I took so many activities, like all the little things and I just pulled them out really slowly, like one by one. We had an iPad, so many snacks. Like I read every blog under the sun before we went because I was so scared. And so I had all the little tricks ready to go. Did that woman in the middle turn into a nanny at all or? No. Oh, she wasn't in the middle, No, she only pushed her to the side. Yeah, I was about Uh, to say the poor (laughs) thing. You should have kept her in the middle and go, look, she's on your lap, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to sit there, comes to the seat. I saw actually a great tip the other day, but I don't think you want kids. I'm sure you can find something else, but they had like a pill box and then they put all different little snacks in each compartment of the pill box. I mean, I guess you want them to be old enough that you can explain to them if they find a pill box not to open it and eat them. But I'm sure you can find other little lunchboxy things with different compartments. But apparently it just like keeps them busy. Each section has a different snack. Yeah, You're going to need more snacks than just that as well. Or like someone said, like snack, snack, snacks. And I didn't even take enough and I took so many. But you have to take so much stuff as yeah, well. That's, that's one of the stuff. hardest parts actually is just all this shit you got to take. Yeah. 
know. So what did you take on the flight that was so, worthwhile and not worthwhile? I, most of it was actually really good. I guess it's gender, child specific, but we sat on like the window seat, which was good. So one of the blogs I read was like, try not to let them know that running up and down yes. the aisle is a game. And I was like, how are you going to stop that? It actually kind of worked, but we had her like in the window and in here, even if we had a row, it wasn't an option to go out there unless we were like carrying her to go change her nappy. Ah, or idea. maybe we let her walk to do that. And then she was kind of fine we just kept her in the zone or kept her near the window yeah but for her like coloring in holy shit is like game changing like the whole trip every dinner every restaurant we just what? had to have that it was the only thing that would last more than like oh. five minutes what about like an ipad ipad yes but she actually ended up watching like the screen for a lot of it yeah like, on, yeah like on the on the plane the plane um, from abu dhabi to paris oh, <laughs> yeah we had to sit there and watch frozen and i was like this is it and then by the time we got to the next airport she like saw an elsa doll at a shop it was the first oh, yeah. time she was like elsa and i was like oh no You're like you can have it you can yeah, have it i was like yes um but yeah like coloring it and those little magic pens you know the ones that oh, like you they draw and they so make genius amazing they genius. make no mess like, yeah anyone who doesn't know what they are they're like a pen that has water inside but yeah. it's all like within it yeah. and then you just color in and the water makes it colorful colorful yeah so you don't need a whole heap of pencils that roll oh, everywhere yeah. and, and you can't mark anything, you can't mark yeah. anything. Like, do you know what a magazine came out kids magazine when i went to sydney they had peppa pig money box with two little money coins big enough not to choke and Yumi sat the whole time putting the coins in this Peppa Pig money box. And then trying to get it and, out. And then down the bottom there's this little thing that you can open. Yeah. So she'd take the money out, close oh. it, put it in. It lasted a full 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so it was worth Honestly, it. 10 minutes is yeah. a long time yeah. in, in Gold. you know, toddler time. Yeah. But, yeah, like stickers, like she loved stickers, like lots of little dolls and then – yeah, oh, Play-Doh was a good one, actually. She yeah. played oh, with that for I ages. I know. On the plane. Uh, yeah, I read that on a blog as well, and I had, like, two Play-Dohs, and she sat there making things, like, kind of, and those, those were, like, little mini dolls. Like, they're so weird, but I got them off my niece, and I was like, I would never buy these. They're just, like, mini little plastic like, like mini Barbies? Kind of, but they're like little, yeah, they're little like. Um, LOL dolls? Like Cinderella's and stuff like that. Oh, they're just cute. tiny, but we took them everywhere and we actually came back with all four of them, wow. uh, which was amazing. She was like throwing them out yeah. of the pram yeah. and everything, but we came back. And so like that Play-Doh, stickers, colouring in ipad obviously and then you save like some chocolate and stuff as a treat no. towards the end so i didn't let her have any sugar but the, at the end no none no, i nothing. agree with you on that and it, it fully worked she was so yep, chill the whole time and like i do let her have sugar yeah, yeah, not on every a plane. now and then. no she i've seen it i remember like when i didn't have a kid and i saw this kid um with a mum, and it was like drinking coke and eating chocolate and i was sitting there being like oh god i'd never yeah. feed my child that maybe i would but um and then next minute it was spewing everywhere and screaming and i just i'll never <laughs> forget that and so i was like no not even juice like nothing and it worked and it i really agree worked. because if you think about it you're in a contained little capsule mm. which is already fucked yes and then you have a child that is Has about energy. to have sugar <laughs> they've got no way of releasing that energy so yeah. all they do is start kicking like yeah. the man in front of you and screaming yes. or going up and down the aisle and I have noticed a absolute difference between giving my children not even a banana yeah. like I mean no sugar no crackers, fruit crackers cheese well come on like they're gonna be all right on a plane without <laughs> no fruit. I know I'm yeah. just trying to come up with enough snacks <laughs> that don't involve crackers, fruit. milk I- 
cheese. Yeah, um, like protein veggies, like bloody we, we gave her a little bit of fruit. Yeah, I think we let her have like a banana. <laughs> it sounds really like really <laughs> fun, I really, It really worked. I really yeah. felt like it worked. And, yeah. so, and then the way back, well, that was just a whole other story. She actually had food poisoning. Oh. And yeah, it was fucked. She literally was spewing and had diarrhea. The whole flight was spewing all over us. Both flights the whole way home. And the next two days after we got home, it was So what did you do? Crazy. Did you just have heaps of spare clothes? Luckily, or? yeah. So luckily, like, we had booked her a seat because after, like, her being yeah. on, our, on our lap the way over, we messaged the travel agent and we were like, please book seats for her on the way back, which lucky we did because they were really full again. So she had her own seat. She was in the middle, thank God, because if someone was sitting next to us. <laughs> and, yeah, it was like just before we got on the first flight, she was kind of like, Ooh. and I was like, what was that? And then she fell asleep and she just, like, wasn't really eating. And then next minute she just woke up and just spewed everywhere. Luckily I had three outfits for her and two for me that I'd packed because it was another thing. I've had that experience before where she's kind of, like, pooed everywhere on a plane when she was really little. Yeah, you need backup. Yeah. So I but had- I was going to say, I feel like you always think about the baby and I did that when yeah. Poppy was really little and I was like, oh, you know, I've got spare clothes for Pops. Like, yeah. it's fine. And then she did a poo explosion. Yes, and, that like, happened to I me. got it all over me. I just and had I was to like, rub it in. I was just like, think <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only reason I had another spell was because of that experience and also because we were doing two flights. So I was like, I do like to get changed for the second one yeah. just to feel like somewhat Fresh. clean. So I did have a spare outfit, luckily. But by the end, I was still kind of covered in spew and, you know, it's fine. Yeah. And then, yeah. It keeps her in one spot, though. When they've got food poisoning, they're not trying to run up and down the The aisle. The only thing that was actually made it a bit hard was that she wouldn't eat any of her snacks because she had no, she had no appetite. So that's like a big chunk of distraction, you know. So (laughs) she was just like not eating, and I was like, "What do we do with you then?" But it was fine. We made it. it Oh my gosh, Yumi actually spilt a cup of water on me on the way home yesterday. Like, and I was wearing all white. Who wears all white with kids? I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. we all do. I did yesterday too, and I got a coffee. (laughs) But she poured it all over and it went in my crotch and when I stood up it just looked like I purely pissed myself <laughs> and I couldn't come back from it people were looking and I was like yeah she it. just like telling people that weren't even caring I'm like yeah she's just you know done it. and they're like they're, they're like, like yeah sure. cool yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Oh, she's yeah. Right. you pissed your uh-huh. pants yeah. now when you got there yeah did you have to deal with jet lag or anything yeah so I we found the way there actually was a lot easier than coming back and oh. I think like that's always the way when you go to Europe but it's also partly like maybe the adrenaline and it's really exciting so when we got there we arrived at like 12 p.m like midday and but it was at home it was about 9 p.m so I was ready for her like overnight sleep and so she fell asleep for like her lunchtime nap so I had to wake her after like an hour and a half or two hours and when I woke her she was just like what yeah, the fuck? Like I'm done. in the deepest sleep now. Like yeah. what are you doing? And but she actually was kind of fine. We were kind of like, you know, we're like, let's just go out for the afternoon, go find a park, walk around the streets in Paris. How'd so, you go? Were you tired? Like, did it feel uh, just wrong? It wasn't too bad after the first day. You know, you kind of like you're just so excited to be yeah. there and just seeing it all and for the not first be on time. a plane anymore. Yeah, so <laughs> it was actually fine. By the time we got to dinner, she was literally like, she just <laughs> yeah. lay down and fell asleep, and I was like, fine, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It was maybe like six. 6.30 so I was like that's fine fall asleep but then she like woke up at like 2am and was like yeah. wide awake and I was yeah. like no 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 but got her back to sleep which was good maybe the, it's always like three nights I find the first three nights yep. she kind of would wake up in the middle of the night and be like la 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 yeah. and we'd get her back to sleep oh and I feel like our like our schedule kind of changed over the trip like the start we were waking up really early so we'd go to bed really early and then by the end of the trip we were like sleeping in and staying up till like 
she was staying up till 9.30 with us because I was yeah. like, it's just easier. She can come to dinner. Everyone eats late there. Like, Do you know the best thing about Paris is even when we had the two kids there and we had jet lag, we'd wake up at, I reckon it was like 4 or 5 a.m. Yeah. And every bakery was open <sighs> with hot, fresh croissants. Oh. You would grab a coffee. It was still dark and you would take yeah. your pram and you just walk. See, I thought they wouldn't be open They're till open. like 10 a.m. at least. It's like cafes yeah. aren't open, but, no. yeah, little bakeries in particular. Oh, can be yeah. open and yeah Jamie would do the same he'd go down and get them and bring them up for us and it was just the best so yeah it wasn't too bad yeah it was and fine. so what did you do with sleeping over there like did she have quite a strict schedule and how did that go over I there I guess like yeah I've always been like very routine but she's never really been a great sleeper like and we co-sleep at night so yeah. I start her in her room yeah. every night and then she always that fail wakes up at like 9 30 so yeah. she'll only sleep for two hours and then she'll wake back up and then usually that's when I go to bed and I bring her into bed with me yeah. actually last night was the first night ever ever she's nearly two I put her back in her room and she slept till this morning so she <gasps> only had one wake up which is like huge she hasn't not slept in our bed for like a year and a half so how did it weird. feel I, I actually didn't sleep because I was so worried I kept going <laughs> in and checking say, on her you didn't sleep because you had so much sex <laughs> <laughs> I kept going in and checking on her and I was like is she alive yeah. she's still breathing and yeah, so, yeah, we usually co-sleep at night and then during the day she has, like, one nap in her cot. But we didn't even have a cot the whole time. She just kind of, like, slept on the bed. Perfect. And by the end we had no routine. We were so relaxed and it was so refreshing. She'd have, like, 20 minutes in the pram here, 20 minutes in the pram yeah. here or an hour in the pram and she was going to bed with us at night. I just hold her and we just, like, fall asleep together. And Co-sleeping was, does make travelling so much so easier. So much easier. Yeah. And breastfeeding obviously made it so much easier. Yeah. I'm scared to travel without doing that. But, you know, whenever they start going psycho, you're just like. <laughs> yeah, but also like she'll be older and yeah. like understanding and you'll be able to swap that with some sort of totally. bottle. But I agree with the throwing all your routine when you go on holiday because it's just that added pressure you do not need. Exactly. So if you literally just go, this is a new lifestyle for us yeah. for a few weeks or yeah. however long we're away, then yeah. that is us. We it's found so we went to Japan for a month when Poppy was 11 months old yeah. and we found she loved the carrier. So yeah. she would still have have like a solid yeah. nap every day but yeah. she, we ended up not really taking the pram out that much anymore because she didn't sleep as well in it and she didn't really want to stay in it whereas when she was in the carrier I feel yeah. like she felt like she could see everything when she was awake and she's like strapped to you can't go anywhere yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we, and when it came to nap time we would just turn her around and she yeah, became and a bowl for you. oh you we would eat. we would slurp all kinds <laughs> of things over her head um, yeah and that was really good so yeah. we were able to semi stick to like somewhat of a routine but instead yeah. of her sleeping and then if we just, just wanted a chill you. day, we'd just have totally. her Totally, and sometimes it was nice, like especially at the start when we were still tired, I actually love sometimes just laying down with her for her yeah. nap because I'm like it's a rest for all of us or maybe I'd sit there and do emails or edit photos yeah. and actually work. But otherwise, because otherwise they're just constantly walking and taking yeah. photos and doing all these things that there's no downtime. So as much as a nap can like hinder your day, it also can just be a nice little break. Yeah. But by the end we were just so go, go, go that she was just kind of coming with us. So, yeah, but being relaxed was just so refreshing after like a year and a half of just like oh, being so strange. One thing on the, the sleep that we found in Japan because all the hotel rooms are so, so small and yeah. Poppy before we went had only, like she had never been into co-sleeping. She'd only really ever slept yeah, some in a cot. Some babies just don't really like and, it. But none of the rooms, we, we took our porta cot with us and <gasps> lugged it everywhere but none of the rooms and like and often now if it. we travel we'll it's put Goldie in the bathroom. Yeah, I love that. But love the, that. the none of the rooms or the bathrooms 
arms were big enough to be able to open up the portico. Yeah, so she ended up being in bed with us, but yeah. she wasn't used to it and I wasn't used mm. to it and she was still breastfeeding. And so like that was the one thing that was really hard about the trip is that if we did that again and we had a child that didn't co-sleep, you I would have looked room. into the size of the rooms way more yeah, because that would have really or helped get the that trip. new mini bugaboo porticot. I keep it hearing still about. I keep hearing really? About yeah, it, they, the rooms are so small. I've in heard Japan. they're really small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like next trip we do. If I've weaned her. Then hopefully she'll be sleeping through the night. Then maybe I'll take a porticot, or I don't know, maybe take a nanny. You always you have to carry. I know. I want to fly my mum over. I know. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure she does too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the questions that came in a lot was, "How do you and Jamie juggle work, parenthood, and socialising? Like, is there a time where you guys are just like, just fighting and like, fuck, this is hard." For sure, every single day. <laughs> Literally before I walked out the door. Nah, um, I think because we w- we've worked together, like, you know, him being my photographer, I guess, or us creating content for brands, we were doing that for so many years leading up to having Gigi that we were really used to working together and being together so much. So, you know, you already have, you know, and traveling together all the time. It's just like you're with them constantly. Yeah. So you have all those niggly fights and work out, you know, how each other works. So, but it was funny because when I was pregnant, I remember hearing all these stories about you get really tired and you fight with your partner. And I remember saying like, please, I don't want to fight. Please, I want to fight. Like, let's just try and have a nice time. And we actually have like never fought, not about like parenthood anyway, you know, like work things, maybe like little niggling things. But I think we were just, we're just so used to being together all the time. Yeah, it's been fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we definitely get stressed if we're trying. It is just such a juggle. Like, mm. so Gigi's in daycare. She's at a family daycare two days a week. Yeah. But she's only been one day in the past, like, seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> this week she, like, woke up. Well, first it was Easter Monday and then Tuesday she woke up with a runny nose and I was like, no. no. And I was can like, I can plug she still it? Come? Yeah. yeah, can <laughs> she still come? And they were like, no. So desperate for her to go back there. So those two days we really try and work. And we used to kind of, like, work more sporadically throughout the week and, you know, shoot every day. But now it's like we have to yeah. try and do shoot days and we'll shoot all day on one day. And if it has to fall on a non-daycare day because of weather I mean we don't really have that much help we've got like one friend who is like can sometimes nanny but she also does other things but for example she was with us yesterday and she would kind of play with Gigi for the day while we're there and we'd shoot oh perfect and so Um, what did you do when you were overseas because obviously you had her there but you were still doing a fair bit of work yeah I mean I we found it quite easy because we were just in these beautiful locations you're just strolling down the street and you just take a photo it's really it's it was was so easy that's why we're going back (laughs) um but also we had someone with us at the start it was like because Jamie was there for campaigns. So we had his lighting assistant with us for the first week and he wouldn't necessarily like have her for the day or anything, but you know, little, even Just five minutes at a time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like was really helpful. Oh, that's great. And then the second, when we're in Morocco, his other lighting assistant was with us and he has a six year old. So he was really good with her. Yeah. Definitely by the end of the month, I was a little bit like, I would love if I could have a day or yeah. a few hours oh, yeah. or something that probably by the end, I was a little bit, even though you're having such a nice time, you just need a little break. But you know, somewhere like Morocco, you don't really, you can't really go off by yourself. Like I couldn't just go off and do something. Yeah. You kind of stick together a bit more. Can I ask? Ask, I need, I yeah, need what to the ask fuck? about the <laughs> <laughs> so, Did you not get sick or did yeah, you get sick and you yeah, just didn't post it? anyone who hasn't listened before, so this is Sophie <laughs> speaking, Nick and I went on our honeymoon to Morocco. Everyone thought we were going to come back pregnant, but instead we literally tag-teamed the toilet bowl Ooh. for five of our, like we were, we were gone for two weeks, but that included travel time. Yeah. So like I reckon we were in Morocco for like 
nine days what, or so. What did you eat? We think it might have been the orange juice Aww. because they dilute it down with normal water. But also we were like mm. so in love and just like like I probably was though. like brushing my teeth with the water. Like yeah. I, we weren't being careful. Like yeah. we were just so just like what could ever go wrong in the whole <laughs> wide world when you feel <laughs> this much love? Oh. Anyway, we literally were so fucking sick and like – Probably the sickest either of us have ever been. I remember Nick yeah. fell asleep for half an hour for a nap with a pillow between his knees and he woke up and oh. the pillow was soaked from one side to the other because he was sweating so much. Oh, I thought you were say with diarrhea. No, like, ah! no my, my story. <laughs> and, so, and then, Jade, you. But, like, that. <laughs> this is the worst story I've ever had. And that was when we went to Morocco and we got on a bus to go to the Sahara Desert and stay there. And Harry got sick and started vomiting to the point that we needed to go to hospital. And oh when we went to hospital, he had to go on a drip. And the doctor asked me, he had Ray-Ban sunnies on, and he asked <laughs> me to go down the street to the chemist and pick up the drips and the needles. The doctor did? Yeah. And I'm like. <laughs> yeah, you have to like buy it yourself. Yeah, it's all like, you know. Is, is this out near the desert or yeah. is this in Well, Marrakesh? just before, no. So it was in between Marrakesh okay. and the desert. We were yeah. right in this middle of but fuck nowhere yeah, so this I hospital had <laughs> blood on the walls it was putrid anyway i had to literally wipe my husband's asshole no like, his I, had, ball sack. I had to lift his ball sack <laughs> up and why? Because he was so he was lying on the floor. He couldn't even go to the toilet in the hospital because it was that bad oh. that I had to take him out. He was on the floor. Flies were everywhere. Like you picking up what I'm putting down. It was yeah. absolutely gross. Anyway. We did that. Then I got sick and I was shitting in the middle of the desert. Oh, like you Mine imagine. came on in the desert as well. So we're There's in a tent with no feel... climate control. Do you know what it was though for them? They reckon it was the tagine. But anyway, the moral of the story is that even when we were there, we turned to one another and we said, imagine if we had kids here. And we didn't even know what kids were like yet. And then every so often we turn to one another, like when we're having a hard kid day and we go, but imagine if we were in Morocco <laughs> right now with food poisoning and we're like, oh this isn't God. so bad. I so were you guys believe. just fine? We've been to Morocco, like that was our fifth or sixth time there and we've never been sick. I have never met a person that went to Morocco and didn't get yeah, sick. never, never. I've never even heard of anyone getting sick. You guys are the first people. But where are you staying? In like but, nice Rio. Yeah, we were staying in like, <laughs> we were, Not on the street. Yeah. yeah. We were staying in beautiful, beautiful places. Like, I we, like we were on our honeymoon. Like I was we on the street. fully <laughs> lashed out. Like, lashed out? I didn't lashed really out. eat street food or anything. Like we always would eat in our Riyads so, yeah. or in our hotels. We, I've never eaten the street food. So that we did it. go on a street food tour. Yeah, see, yeah, and it was well, absolutely delicious. No, you it was smell, so you like smell good. the streets and you look at the food and you think, no. So I've never done that. So that could be why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that was such a shame that was afterwards, even when we were feeling so much better, yeah. we still didn't feel like rich foods. Mm. And you're surrounded by like the most incredible oh, food ever. Yeah. And like we went to one place and we we're like, can we please have some French fries? Oh, like we yeah. were just so Pringles. Cruel. Yeah, Pringles are everywhere. I can't hey. believe that I had no idea we're just gonna have to go back what a shame you yeah, and I you but gotta without give it a, kids you gotta give Fuck it a no, second it, chance yeah. yeah we'll go back so actually we'll go so back with Lisa she's going back yeah and she doesn't get sick <laughs> and she doesn't know anyone that gets yeah. sick so Perfect. she'll rub off on us yeah so you so you're telling me Europe is worth going to with a toddler 100 percent I feel like I've always just put it off until my kids nah. are old enough that they can be babysat by my mum for like, like two weeks I feel like the positives like outweigh the negatives for sure 
I feel like as hard as it can be, like seeing their face, yeah. like at all these new sites and like Gigi was making like little French friends and little Spanish friends and learning different languages and eating all this like amazing food. And I just found it so fun. It's so much easier than being at home. Like when we're at home, the week we were home last week, we're like kind of trying to work, kind of trying to do housework. You're trying to watch them and we were fighting and stressed again. And I was like, yeah, this was so much easier when we were like, we were still working. So we were still shooting and editing and blah, blah, blah. And we still had her, but I just found it so much easier to be there than, yeah. And even the bad or the really gruesome moments that yeah. you are traveling with your children, they just become a really good story to tell. So yes. I think overall then. So next time your wife can pull off your husband's balls in the street you just tell yourself that it's going to be a good story but it is like these are the things that happen like at that time you're like oh my gosh like this is just hell but then you do get through it and it goes quick and and look what you have you have stories to tell on a podcast (laughs) you just like got everything like obviously I only have one so that's like easiest case scenario so I'm sure it will get harder with more but I also just feel like yeah traveling what before she's like you know old enough to say that she doesn't want to do those things I'm like I need to do all the things absolutely all the things lots of people wrote in but you don't have to answer because it's no one else's business but how do you feel about a second child oh I get that question all the time so definitely want another one 100%. 100%. I actually haven't got my period back yet. Oh. I know. And so whenever people ask me, I'm like, I actually couldn't even if I yeah. wanted to. Well, you and maybe could. But. Well, well, the thing is, like, you can only really get it, like, what, when you're, like, ovulating for the first time again. But if I haven't got it yet, it means it's I'm probably not going to come until I stop breastfeeding. Because mm. I've seen a naturopath and I've seen a doctor and they're like, it's most likely because you're breastfeeding. So yeah. when you stop, it should come back. So, oh, I got mine today. Can I give it to you? <laughs> it's literally been like what two, nearly three years. How nice! Yeah, I like can't remember what it feels like, but yeah, definitely came for another. I, I always was like, when she's two, that's when we'll think again. So that's why I need to stop but breastfeeding. You otherwise, two, you had a two-year pause and like had COVID, so you couldn't do any travel. So I think it's, now that's the thing. I'm like, I've I've got got no travel. Idea, so Gigi was conceived in Paris. You said no, actually, ended oh, up being back here. She was. Because I was going to say, if you're going back to yeah. Europe in June, July, she'll be two, and you can have two <laughs> yeah. little Paris babies. But That'd anyway, be so cute. So yeah, I think definitely when you know my body sorts itself out for sure. Yeah, I love another one. I want Does there any part of you want to like stop breastfeeding and have a break though before you get? Well, that's pregnant. the thing. I'm like, yeah, I do. Like, I want to be able to even just party, even just yeah. one night, have like the biggest party. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, for sure. I always wanted a break, and sometimes like most, like every day, like I love it. It's so nice. It's such nice bonding and stops you from drinking too much. But then every now and again, you want to go out. And you're like, why am I still doing this? You know, and it's such yeah. a mission. But um, now you- I do want a little break, so I'm gonna have to hurry up because. I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> you forgot two things oh, while you went to Paris this trip. And next time we hope that you don't forget those two things. Are they oh, yes, are they, they are. sitting yeah. yes, they are. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you can We're forget them. back in June, so there you go. Pack okay, bags, we're going. Please. Done. We're going. <laughs> I'm packing my bags for Melbourne today, man. I'll just pack them for Paris, Paris yeah. and I'll meet you there. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you so much for joining us today. I know everyone wants you on your podcast, on their podcast, and you said no because you were waiting for our invitation. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks it's for been having a me. pleasure. You're an Thanks absolute delight. Me. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.